This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz with Selena Hill, Alyssa Fuchs, and Jackie Cohen. And we just finished a conversation about implicit bias. If you heard my closing statements and you felt offended or thought they were problematic, I'm not sorry. Go to hell. Now, we are here at the News Roundup, and we are going to talk about all the things that make you laugh, cry, curse, flip a table, or maybe go on Facebook Live to react to it. And I would like to start off with something that's been close to my heart all week. As you guys know, Hurricane, what's the name of this hurricane? Matthew. Hurricane Machu. Hurricane Matthew um, hit, it's, it landed in Florida, now it's in the Caribbean, and it decimated Haiti. Yeah. Oh, we have over 800 deaths in Haiti oh because God. of the hurricane. Um, a lot of people were talking about, oh, why doesn't Facebook make a filter for Haiti? I don't give a damn about a filter. Right. Why don't we send some real funding to, to, to Haiti and not through the Red Cross? Because as you know, we did a segment on the Red Cross, and they got half a billion dollars to help Haiti and built six houses. So what we need to do, keep your prayers. You, if you want to pray, that's good, but your prayers help you. It doesn't help Haiti. Sense, no offense, Lena. Why are you always prayer shaming? No, I'm not trying to prayer shame. Prayer is fine, but open your wallet yeah. and send money. That's the most helpful Haiti. thing you can do. And if you don't have any money to send, then okay, all you can do is pray. Or you can pray when you when you say Amen. Go to your PayPal and, and send some money. Maybe something that we can do um, is throw up on the Facebook page and on our website some like good charities that are sort of well-researched that would actually spend the money for good causes and not, you know, just build a few houses and that's it. Exactly. Never forget the Red Cross is garbage. So, (laughs) yes, half a billion dollars, six houses, Red Cross. Explain that. Right. So, you know, speaking of Haiti and Hurricane Matthew, 10 people actually died here in the U.S. uh, in the last few um, hours. And I want to say I believe it's happening because despite uh, elected officials who give warnings such as the governor of Florida and, you know, North Carolina, a lot of people choose to either ignore the warnings to um, evacuate or sometimes they just don't have the means to jump on a bus or plane or, or, or rent a hotel. Right. Um, yeah, so, um, so I think that, you know, we need to also keep that in mind, um, with Hurricane Katrina, and I will also be, I mean, Hurricane Matthew, um, which, you know, we're not really feeling the effects here in New York City, but a lot of people are, you know, definitely being devastated, so. Right, and we shouldn't be quick to forget, I mean, while Hurricane Sandy was catastrophic and really decimated our city. Like the, what is happening in Haiti, where over eight hundred, I think, over eight hundred now is the count. People are dead right. um, because of how horrendous the damage has been from this hurricane. Like we need to not forget what we went through as a city um, and lend our support, certainly financial support, in any way we can um, to folks that are suffering down south. Well, speaking of people suffering, last night I did have a chance to see The Birth of a Nation uh, by Nate Parker. This film, even though it is telling the the story of Nat Turner, the man who led a successful slave revolt in the 1830s that ended up killing 60 slave-owning families, Mm -hmm. well, 60 people within a slave-owning family, and then unfortunately that led to the deaths of over 200 slaves. Um, You know, the film itself was really controversial because Nate Parker was hit with rape allegations um, 
Which we a talked few weeks about ago. Yes, we did. Length. Yes, we did. We did. So, but I saw the movie anyway. I know there was a loud pro- protest. I know that a lot of rape survivors actually protested the film. Lit. They actually lit some candles and had like a silent vigil for all of those who may have been uh, um, raped or sexually assaulted. But I, I saw the film, and I would advise everyone to see the film because I think that it's very telling for us to finally see a movie that depicts not slaves you know fighting back and doing you know not just being the victims of the institution of slavery and white supremacy but standing up and the way that nate turner actually did lead this revolt was nat turner i'm sorry thank you i'm confusing him with nate parker the the way that nat turner actually did lead this revolt was amazing so amazing let's so read the book, guys, because yeah. the movie is not accurate at all. Yeah, I so, think that's fair. Yeah, and um, one of the interesting things and about don't that, see the original. No, yeah. don't. Oh, there's right. no, yeah, yeah, don't see that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know some of the inaccuracies? So I'm going to see like that's some of the reviews I've heard. So I don't want to speak to that too much yet. But one of the interesting things about Nat Turner because I've read a couple of books on him and the Schomburg had a great event about a year ago talking about the slave revolt and they had some some historians who focused specifically on Nat Turner. He was. The, the slave revolt started because well he he started a revolt because he was getting visions from God yes like it was it was a it was a like a very like religiously motivated action right. yep and like, and like this is a man this is a man who was like very much so compelled by his faith and I think that's a very interesting thing and because you know like slavery I mean Christianity was in Africa before it was in Europe let's be very very clear about that but the but the version of Christianity that we know now that a lot of black people follow comes from slave masters. So yeah. now these slave masters have pushed down this religion down their throat that may or may not be accurate. It's inaccurate. I mean, we addressed that. We addressed some of that when we spoke about Roots. You should go back and check out those conversations because we had part of that conversation. I mean, in the portrayal of the new Roots, a big a theme that runs throughout all four of the uh, miniseries is the idea that um, Islam was in Africa in the like 13th and 14th centuries. It was brought to Africa Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were uh, practicing Muslims before they were brought to the New World and then essentially forced into practicing Christianity by their slave masters. And a lot of times when we talk about Christianity in relation to slavery and the history of it, we see how slave masters used that to victimize and justify slavery slavery but what's very interesting about nat turner's story and the movie itself it's how he used religion and the same bible the same text to empower himself and other slaves like they were going verbatim word for word verbatim citing scriptures on is this okay or not and and nat turner got to the point where he said it's not and like there was one point where someone said you know god is a god of love and he was like he's also a god of of wrath must have been the old testament damn yeah it was do do you think that people are justified though in their boycotting of the film yeah, I mean, hey, if you are, yeah, if you are, you know, and that's an interesting perspective. I, rape survivors who were like, you know what, there are allegations against this man, and his initial response was extremely problematic because he wasn't, in my opinion, you know, apologetic or, or, or even sensitive to what happened to this woman who was, who was, who says she was raped and then who killed herself because oh of God. the tragedy. And I think that initially he could have, he didn't have to have that tone. And then he came back out and sounded sound like an idiot again. You know, like, That's I address this. this. Well, but, you know, I want to hear Jackie's perspective. You're, why aren't you going to see The Birth of a Nation? I, if, uh, I don't want to support 
knowingly support someone that did something like that. Oh, he was acquitted. Oh. He was acquitted. This is something that we addressed last time. Okay. Yeah. However, it is my preference and my money, so I will spend it however I want. And if I feel uncomfortable seeing a movie that this man, because as we all know, and certainly you better than anybody, just because you're acquitted doesn't mean that you I, didn't no, do it. No, that's fair. That's fair. So, I just want us to acknowledge that. Absolutely he fine. He was never found guilty of this totally crime. Totally fine. I still don't feel comfortable. I mean, and that's fair. Anybody, like, that's the thing about... Pro- and I protest with my dollar. I was going to say, so you asked whether or not you thought protests were justified. Like, a protest is justified if you believe it's justified, right? Like, well, I mean, a boycott. It's a better thing. It's not really a, a protest. It's a boycott, right? If you feel that you're justified in boycotting Chick-fil-A because of their anti-gay views, then you don't eat there. If you feel that you're justified in not drinking Russian vodka because of their anti-gay views, then you don't drink exactly. Stoli. If you feel, regardless, like I said, you can acknowledge that he's acquitted, and I will also acknowledge that people do get acquitted when they are actually guilty that is true like you know like but like there's no, like what is justified in your protest like if you believe it's justified then it's justified it's not like a police shooting right well so he was acquitted we'll say that i have been rubbed the wrong way by the way he's kind of handled it since when he was staying quiet letting his friends talk for him that was good and then he's done a couple of interviews recently where he got really testy with people mm-hmm. when he said do you regret anything he said he had no regrets were you sorry he wasn't sorry do you feel bad he didn't feel bad and then like just kind of like I, didn't, I just didn't like that and I thought he could have dealt with that better I am going to see the movie um, in spite of those things Marilyn wants to see it we're going to go see it because the story of Nat Turner is a very very good story yeah. and I'd like to see that in the theaters and you know I don't I can't say I can't call him a rapist because he was acquitted. But I, I could say that his behavior and his attitude is very problematic, and he should be held for that. But we do have callers on the line, guys. So I don't want to talk your ears off. First up, we have Derek. Derek, let your voice be heard. Yes. Oh, oh I almost lost track of what I was saying. But um, uh, you know, uh, it may go back to a little further than, than this here subject here. Maybe shifting gears a little, only because I was holding on before. But I see if I can make it briefly. Uh, I think his name is Selena. You mentioned something about you was working and you had some kind of uh, bias attitude towards black. Hello? Yes. So what I was saying is that, yeah, I acknowledge implicit bias, my implicit bias being very unfavorable to black people, which is something that's actually normal amongst black people as well. And I would like to thank you for your honesty. Yeah, I I, I basically got it. I I was not confused with it at all. You know, I basically... You know, I want to thank you for your honesty because, be honest with you, other than a lot of the, the white racism that goes on in America and this 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 recent upsurge of, of drumming up this here racial hatred again, there was a lot of Caucasians that was really kind of coming to the grips with, with their own biasness, you know, throughout various areas. And by you mentioning that, I really feel as though... Uh, you have released and freed a lot of people from some stuff that they was holding in all the time. That takes courage. That's a sign of spiritual growth, as far as I'm concerned, because the biggest problem in our, in many cases, and in, in our communities, is our underlying um, racial condition, biasness towards each other, for whatever reason, complexion, hair, blah, 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 blah. And by you stepping forward, stepping out of that, Stepping forward and and see, it's easy to point fingers outwards, you know. But to really take charge and own up to some stuff, 
well, and let that me... means that's a sign of you uh, really uh, repent or repenting and forgiveness of yourself. And and I, I just want to congratulate you for that. Thank you so much, Derek, um, for acknowledging that. And yeah, you know what? It, it wasn't easy to come out and say that, but I realized I'm not the only one. And if I felt like this, I know a lot of people in my community feel like this as well. So yes. It is about transparency, being open and honest, and moving on. That's the best way to confront implicit bias. Thank you, Selena. That's a very good point. And now we have Miss Deborah on the line. Miss Deborah, let your voice be heard. You know what? You're right. Um, the young lady, other young young lady, you don't want to go to see the movie. You don't want to spend your money. You can do whatever you want. But you know what I thought about this morning? I thought about those five young men who Donald Trump still wants to hound on, even though the DNA came out the person who com- uh, committed the crime of raping that woman in Central Park, and she never came forth to say that she felt very good about the fact that they were released and they were freed. So, therefore, you go ahead and you not spend your money any way you want because the way I feel about her and had felt for a long time, after all that happened to her, she was beaten to a pulp, she was raped, she was this, she was that. And she and she finally found the people. She understood the person who did that to her. And she never once came forth as a good, what was she, Christian, Jewish, whatever. She never came forth and said, you know what, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Because everybody was victimized in that. Nobody wanted to talk. But when the truth finally came out, as opposed to supposition, and all sorts of things about, well, I believe or I feel that he really did it. You should go online and you should you should find out what really happened to her. Okay, but because she's right. dead and she's white, nobody wants to talk about it. Well, I, I thank you for bringing that point up. And certainly that sort of throws my, my argument that I made just now um, throws a wrench in it a little bit, right? Like, I, I think we're all entitled to vote with our dollar and... Um, boycott what we want to, but obviously that is a great example of clearly these five men did not commit this crime. Like anybody that has been following this case or has even seen the incredible documentary made about the Central Park Five knows how clearly innocent these men were and how um, once they were acquitted, now Donald Trump is using sort of the argument that I just made to say, I think even though they were acquitted, they... Um, they still did this crime, and now we're having this conversation about it when clearly I think everybody in this room certainly can agree that they did not do that. So I, th- I thank you for calling me out on that, Ms. Deborah. I think that's that, a really good point. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Ms. Deborah. It's conflicting. It's really conflicting for me as well because, right. I, you know, if this were – if this were um, um, what's, what was the name of that the white guy that raped the girl who was unconscious? Um, Brock, Brock Turner. Turner. If this was a Brock Turner we were talking about, even if he was acquitted, I would have no problem being like, he's still a rapist. But because we're talking about another black man, and I know how racialized these things can get when it comes to black men, like it's been very difficult. Because like, do you stand and say like this, this, there's something wrong here, or do you stand on with on his side and say there's something wrong here? So I've almost kind of like shredded down the middle in a lot of cases. But a lot of the reasons why is because of a lot of, a lot of what Miss Deborah has said. There's a lot of the history, and even when his, pe- his people started speaking up, one of the things that they were saying was like. This was like a witch hunt on a college campus. They were coming after Nate and his friend, and there was a lot of things going on. So that's why I I just kind of stay quiet. I'm just really, I'm really tired of this argument, and it's why I'm like not going to go see the new Woody Allen movie, right? And I'm not going to watch football anymore until these, because there's this like idea that like, 
oh yeah, what these men do are really bad, but the art that they create is so good and it's art and, or, you know, football is so important and so critical to our society that like, it doesn't matter. And that's why we don't see, you know, we don't see any kind of real change or real interest in protecting women against people who commit acts of violence against them. I think because, you know, we as like feminists and feminist circles can have this conversation, um, but you know, we're still going and supporting people who, whether or not they were charged with the crime, presumably had some, you know, whatever it was that they did was not good against a woman. Um, when we stop supporting all white racists, we can have that conversation. No, I just no that's, like... that's totally fair. I think that's totally fair. I just, it's for me personally, and I'm not like making a call to action here. I'm just saying I have a difficult time supporting like Woody Allen as well. I right. have a hard time supporting people. Well, speaking well, well, speaking of, you know, not supporting men that assault women, later on in the show, we will be talking about Donald Trump yeah. and him coming out and saying I'm that not he grabs women by vaginas. <laughs> but before, you know, we do, I did want to uh, just mention again what is going on in Colombia um, with the <laughs> FARC situation. So um, that, that's not cool. What? Colombia? Yeah. Colombia? Yeah. No, that's what you say. It's C-O-L-O-M-B-I-A. Colombia. So I massive, know, massive like you're like deal. faking it. Okay. Massive <laughs> peace deal was speak. voted Just against speak. last week, um, which last Sunday, last Sunday night, it was it was a huge referendum vote. Um, for those who don't know, for 50 years, Colombia has um, been dealing with FARC rebels, you know, engaged in guerrilla warfare. Um, and so thousands and thousands and thousands of, of people have died. Um, and in the past five years, ha- there have been um, in the works a peace deal with the FARC that would disarm them and sort of take back all the guns and, you know, end the violence that Colombia has experienced for over 50 years. Um, and the president of Colombia put it up to a vote that said, okay, what we're going to do is we will take the guns, we will um, give the FARC some seats in government so they can have like a political, body. I mean, not a lot of seats, but some political representation. About 10 within seats, our, I think. About 10 yeah. seats, right. Um, and we want the public to, to support this. We want everybody to vote in favor of this deal that would lead um, to peace after 50 years of violence, right? And so it was very much the idea that this is going to happen, right? Finally, after 50 years, there's going to be peace in Colombia. And there was a referendum vote. I know friends of mine who are Colombian in New York that went to the embassy to go vote. It was a very exciting thing to be a part of. And last week, uh, we found out late Sunday night that the the deal did not go through. The vote failed. Um, and it was really devastating, I know, for many, many Colombians who were so excited and looking forward to this piece. And I think what's so interesting for me um, as, you know, an American looking, you know, looking forward to November 8th and our upcoming election is that we cannot take our vote for granted, right? Certainly we saw this after Brexit, but after the the referendum vote in Colombia, it was a very low turnout for this vote, right? I think people, there's a lot of theories as to why this vote didn't go through and why it failed, but I think one of them that's most interesting to me is that the turnout, I think, was like 30-something percent, 38 percent. it was 40. It was less than 40, I believe. Um, so that's not a lot of people, but a lot of people were talking about this, right? And so it's the minority voting in the interest of, against the interests of the majority and in this case, I think. Um, And so it's, you know, you may assume, I think relating it back to our election, you may assume that Hillary is going to win and may stay home because you're thinking, oh, well, my vote in New York doesn't count or whatever. But don't take your vote for granted ever because it could turn out in a way that you're not 
happy with. I mean, I just want to like also give some background. So the deal was actually negotiated in Cuba um, between mm-hmm. the president of Colombia, who actually won a Nobel Peace Prize, despite the fact that the vote actually fell through. Right. Um, and like, there's actually been two main reasons why people have come out and said that the vote failed aside from the low turnout, like to the actual substantive mm-hmm. reasons why the vote failed. One of them being that um, pretty obvious, like people felt that the they shouldn't get this type of leniency. They shouldn't get representation in government. They shouldn't get shorter prison sentences. I mean, like the number of people that were killed during this ongoing civil war is staggering. 220,000. Yeah, it's staggering. Um, but, you know, another thing that a lot of people don't realize that I was reading a really interesting article about the other day is about uh, women in the FARC. Women in the FARC are actually very likely to vote against the peace deal. And the reason why is this. So when women joined the FARC, they were, as guerrillas, they were treated equally to men. They did the same tasks as men. They were given the same guns as men. They were given the same rights as men. Um, And in Colombian society, um, that is not the case. Generally speaking, it's a very patriarchal society where women are supposed to stay home and be the housewives and do the cooking and not get an education and not fire a gun or anything like that. Um, Yeah. I I would push back against that a little bit. And I think that there was a huge gender component to why – because there was a lot of talk about women's and women's rights in the, in the documentary. Right. Well, I mean, yeah. So I, I just just this article I was reading, it was yeah. written written by a former woman who was a member of the FARC. She's a former woman? Well, no, former <laughs> FARC member who was a woman. I apologize. I said that backwards. And she said a lot of women who are in the FARC came out against this. They don't want the war to end. They're concerned what's going to happen to them when they have to go back into regular society. Are they going to have the same opportunities for in jobs, in government, as men do? And a lot of these women feel that they don't and you may say that that well, what is jackie saying what is your pushback well yeah. i think that there was um and i'm gonna totally do a terrible job of explaining this but there was also a recent political scandal in colombia where um the commissioner of education was um putting into place policies that would expand the way we talk about families and gender and be way more inclusive trans inclusive um lgbtq inclusive that um, talked a lot about like gender identity and got a lot of pushback and I think ended up having to resign. And so when people saw this document and saw its inclusion of women um, and sort of a treatment of women in this in this new vote, right, um, people really pushed back against it because that Right. No, what I'm saying is I think there's a fair number of women in the FARC who don't believe that. They don't believe that even – they don't believe that that's actually going to come true. And they feel like they are better off remaining as guerrillas where they have equal sure. rights than but not think, knowing whether or not they're going to have those rights if the deal goes through, regardless think, of whether sure. or not the deal says that they're going to. But I think even more interesting and sort of what certainly I have seen, my perspective has been, was that there was a very well-organized right-wing conservative – campaign against this vote, right, where people were sort of okay with this, right? They're, like, fed up with 50 years of violence and all these deaths that were so, you know, like, they're they're ready for a change and they're ready for peace. And there was a very well-organized right-wing push that said, you know, why should members of the FARC have any kind of legal or uh, political representation? Why should they get these things that they don't deserve? And it it mirrored a lot of our right-wing discourse that we see in this country where it was playing on people's fears and sort of lack of education. And the religious right in Colombia got involved with this. And so you would go to church and hear about why it's amoral to vote for this referenda. And so they really, this right-wing group sort of took advantage of people's fears and concerns and, and religion to get what they wanted. 
So it's a really complex. Yeah, right. There's many it, reasons why it's it, it, so it is definitely. And we'll be following uh, Columbia. Is that better for you, Alyssa? Columbia? Yeah. You want me to say it with, um, you want me to Americanize it? No, I just want you to speak yourself and not put on an I accent just because you're saying a certain word. I like to say the words the way they were meant to be said, guys. And I try my hardest even if I don't sound good. I don't speak English most of the time, so I don't See? even bother. But like right. if I said some well, word because it was supposed to be said in Jamaican, you guys would say that that was appropriating. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. It would be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we got to go on a quick break, guys. When we come back, we'll be talking about Donald Trump, a.k.a. the worst presidential candidate in U.S. history. Cigars on ice, cigars on ice. Feeling like an animal with these cameras all in my grill. Flashing lights, flashing lights. You got me pity, 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 baby, I want you. 